Matthew chapter 21. How many help me just follow the Lord here a little bit today? 21 verses 28 through 31. But what think ye, a certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. Who's ever had kids like that? But afterward he repented and went, and he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. And he went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father and they said unto him the first and Jesus saith unto them verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you one more passage of scripture found in Ecclesiastes the wise man wrote in chapter 12 in verse 13 let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Notice verse 13, the first phrase there, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And I want just to speak, if the Lord would allow here this morning, I know we've started out a little bit different, but I... I do feel the Holy Ghost in this, and if you'll help me, I won't be long. I want to preach living with the end in mind. Living with the end in mind. Would you once again clap your hands to the Lord? Let's give Him praise. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I think some of us, if not all of us, fall into one of these two that the scripture gives us these two sons first of all those that mean well and start right intend on victory they want and desire in the beginning to be saved they have all the right intentions but somewhere along the way uh, they allow themselves to become distracted or discouraged and they fall away. It has been said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And then on the other side of the coin, or in the other part of this story, there's the other son that did not start out so well. Uh, this particular person represents those that didn't get off on the right foot. Their life has been less than perfect. They've stumbled. They've fell down. Uh, they've been beaten up. They have shipwrecked. Yet somehow, before it's too late, they get up. They make it right. They repent. They get back on the right track. And they end up being saved and ultimately making heaven their home. I have found through the years that people seem to follow one of these two examples they fall into one of these two categories that we find here the Lord speaking about in the Scripture. I've seen those that started out to do right, and they simply, uh, not because necessarily that they had plans to or that it was deliberate, uh, 
but they simply, for whatever reason, did not stay on course. The Bible presents a clear, and it gives us many, many dramatic examples of those that said they would, but did not. That said they would stand, but they failed. That said that they were committed, and they were not committed in the end. Uh, that said they, was fi- they would finish, but they did not complete the race. The Bible speaks, I suppose, one of the most dramatic examples, speaks of Judas, who lived so close to the Lord for three and a half years, was one of his chosen disciples that was an eyewitness to so many miracles and so many great things in the ministry of Jesus. He started out a disciple, but he ended his life a betrayer. We hear the words of Paul as he describes his close associate in the gospel, Demas. And he says, and you can feel the emotion in it, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. This is a man that had no doubt seen God do some incredible things, established churches, great things happened through the ministry of the Apostle Paul and Demas was right there on the sidelines to watch them and to witness them yet the Bible said for the love of this present world he turned back and he forsook his walk with God we read of lost sheep we read of lost coins lost son lost disciples lost hope love waxed cold the great falling away even those that have left in the book of Revelation, the church of Ephesus, that left their first love. There are so many ways for an individual to get tripped up, so many ways for a person to become distracted, so many ways for a person uh, to leave the race unfinished, to step off the track, uh, to say, I am through. Uh, to forfeit, to say, I, I don't want to go in it, on any longer. I, I don't want to fight any longer. You know, there's more than one way for a person, for an individual to be lost. You can be lost many ways. Amen. There's more than one way for a person to backslide. There's more than one avenue to walk down that, that you could be lost. The Bible says that there's only one way to be saved. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way, amen, that leads to everlasting life. But uh, the Bible tells us that, that wide is the road and there's many things on that road that can lead a person the wrong way and that could influence them to do the wrong thing. Someone once wrote a song and uh, it's kind of humorous, but uh, nevertheless it serves the example this morning that there's 50 ways to leave your lover. Don't sit there like you're sanctified and some of you in this age group didn't hear that song because I know better than that. said, slip out the back, Jack. Making no plans, Stan. No need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. Hop on the bus, Gus. Don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the keys, Lee. And get yourself free. Now, I don't know uh, about 50 ways to leave your lover. I'm not interested in that. 
I don't know if there is even 50 ways to leave your lover, but I've pastored long enough to know that there's probably more than 100 ways for you to lose out with God. Yeah, I was there when Jack slipped out the back. Amen. I have been an eyewitness when Gus got on the bus and he didn't discuss much. I was there when Lee dropped off the keys and set himself free. There's a lot of ways for a person to be lost. There's a lot of ways for you to lose out with God. You know you can be lost more than just one particular way. I suppose that there was one particular thing that I could warn against and I could preach about this morning. Only only one one way that you could be lost and it would simplify my duties and my job. But in Luke 15, Jesus spoke of various ways that a person could be lost. He talked about a lost sheep. He talked about lost coin. He talked about a lost son. There's so many different kinds of lostness. There's so many different ways for an individual to be lost. A lost sheep can be lost unintentionally not meaning to be lost. The Bible says, for this one, the shepherd will leave the ninety and nine and go looking for that one. That's how valuable. That ought to give you an appraisal of how valuable you are to God, that he cares, the shepherd, the great shepherd cares enough to leave the ninety and nine and go searching and looking. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you want to know my mission statement, it wasn't come to, I didn't come to excite a few religious folks. I didn't come to pat and to cheer everybody along that's already doing right. But I come looking for that one that wants to be saved. I come interested in that one that is needing to be saved. I don't want anybody to be lost. And I have found as being the under-shepherd that lost sheep are as happy many times as the shepherd is in being found. How many knows? Uh, we often talk about we found God. But I'm going to tell you something. God really found us because nobody can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws Him. Nobody just ended up here by accident. Nobody in this place uh, just stumbled on uh, to being saved. But if you're here this morning, you got the Holy Ghost. It was intentional. God saw you. When you was in your lost condition, God saw you. When you was out there sipping beer and shooting drugs. God saw you. When you was out there in a perverted lifestyle, God saw you and he began to reach for you and he began to he began to compel you and draw you by his spirit. Amen. Yeah, How many have I seen and we've witnessed here in the church that that came to God and they say with excitement, I I never have experienced anything like this. I never could have imagined that it would be like this. I never dreamed it could be this good. Lost sheep. Uh, they don't intend on being lost. But somewhere they took a wrong turn. And they got off track. 
It was accidental. They wandered off. They didn't plan to. They just got tripped up and ended up somewhere that they didn't know how uh, that they could get back or how that they could get out of the situation that they were in. But finally, the shepherd found them. Finally, the Lord reached to them. Finally, they saw their need of God. And the sheep that was not lost because he wanted to be lost, but uh, he was lost because uh, he had wandered away from the foe. Amen. They would love to be here. They would love to experience and to feel and to be setting where you're setting. Uh, to experience the joy that you're experiencing. Uh, I believe there's a whole lot of lost sheep in this city that would love to feel the presence of God that we felt moments ago. But but they don't know how to get here. They don't know how to feel and experience and, and to get what you and I have. Uh, they, they don't know their way. They, they're depending on somebody to reach them. They're depending on somebody to lead them. They're depending on somebody to search for them. Have you ever been lost and finally you got back on the right road? You remember the feeling? You remember the peace that you felt about finally I'm back on the right track. I'm not lost anymore. You remember what it was to come into a Pentecostal church the first time. Amen. To feel the presence of God and you said in your heart this is what I've been looking for for a long time. This is what I've been after. I couldn't find this in drugs. I couldn't find this in alcohol. I couldn't find this in material possessions. I couldn't find this amen, in friends and relationships. I found a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I found something that will last, something that's not temporal, something that is guaranteed amen, never to expire. I found joy. I found peace in the Holy Ghost. great feeling it is to finally be found maybe there's people in this place you lost and you don't want to be you don't mean to be it wasn't necessarily your intention can I tell you that you're in the right place this morning I said you're in the right place this morning oh yes you know church lost sheep need some assistance. They need somebody to care for them. They need somebody that's willing to help them find the way. Come on. You're in the right place. The shepherd's here. The mercy of God's here. The Holy Ghost is here. The saints of God are here to help you pray. To pray through to victory. To pray through to that that you've been looking for and searching for for so long. You don't have to stay lost. I said you don't have to stay confused. You don't have to stay empty. You don't have to stay ashamed. You don't have to continue those guilty feelings. You don't have to continue, amen, wondering is there something more to life. You're in the right house this morning. You come to the right place. You can be found. Clap your hands and let's praise the Lord. Amen. I know this is nothing new, but I want to continue on. There's, there's, that's just one kind of lost. Uh, the Bible talks about another. It talks about a son, the prodigal. Uh, he didn't wander away. He, he didn't make a misstep. He wasn't accidentally lost. He didn't just drift down the paths of destruction. But he made a decision. He walked away. It was a conscious choice. 
He simply said to his father, I want my half of the goods that were to be bestowed to me, my inheritance, and I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Listen, I don't think there's a devil in hell that can snatch you out of the Father's hand if you want to be saved. He can't make it through the bloodline. You're in this place, and as long as you want to be saved, you can be saved. And the devil can't stop you from being saved. I want to tell you that. We blame a lot of things on the devil. But I'm going to tell you, if you really got your mind made up to be saved, you hear me, young person. There's no amount of peer pressure. There's no amount of uh, satanic influence. Uh, there's not enough imps in hell to snatch you out of the presence of God. Uh, you're protected by the blood. Uh, he can't get through the bloodline you're safe in his hands he can't get to you greater is he that is within me than he that is in all the world the scripture says if you want to be saved you can be saved if you want to live for God you can live for God I don't care what the devil's tried to tell you he might try to tell you you're worthless he might try to tell you that you can't do it he may slip up around the corner and tell you and try to influence you that it's not worth it trying to live for God but I come to tell you you got your mind made up you can live for God you can serve the Lord but can I tell you you can walk away you can't exercise your human will. Amen. Your human will is more powerful than the devil. I'm going to say that again so it sinks in real good. Your human will is more powerful than the devil. I got scripture for that. The demoniac of Gadara, he had a legion. He had thousands of devils within him. But when he made his mind up that I'm going to worship God, when he made his mind up I'm going to the feet of Jesus, there wasn't a devil in hell that could keep him from getting to where Jesus was. Oh, don't tell me the devil made you do it. Don't tell me the devil kept you out of the church. You got your mind made up. You can live for God. You got your mind made up. You don't have to live under the influence of the devil. Amen. He didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And he came to where Jesus was. The devil, he can't make you do anything. He can talk you into it. He can influence you. He, he can't make you do anything. Amen. Your will is stronger than the devil. Amen. Let's clap our hands and praise the Lord. My Bible said, whosoever will, will, everybody say will, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. I'm telling you, that is why they can come out of drugs. That's why they can come out of alcoholism. That is why they can come out of every immoral perversion. That's why they can come out of debt denominalism. That's why they can come out of false religion. That's why they can come even out of witchcraft and sorcery. That's why they can come out of the things that bind in sin. Why? Because the devil can't stop them. Once they made up their mind, I'm going to the Father's house. I'm going to an altar. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to serve the Lord. Devil, you can't hold me back. You can't keep me from it. Amen. I'm going to be faithful to Him. I'm going to serve Him. Amen. Choose you this day. Joshua said, whom you're going to serve, it's a choice. You 
you got to make a decision. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be true to God. Come on, let's lift up our voice and give him praise right now. Hey. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. If you want to live for God, you can. Amen. If you can't seem to make it a day without a drink, if you if you in the past haven't been able to, to make it a day without smoking a pack, amen, you've got thoughts of suicide. I'm telling you, you're in the house of God. You can get free from all of that. You can make a change today. It's your choice. Oh, the devil can't keep me from being forgiven. He can remind me of my past, but he can't keep me from being forgiven. He can't keep me from finding deliverance. Amen. Saints may be able to hold it over my head, but I'm telling you, and the devil may be able to dog me about my past, but I'm telling you, I'm free from it. Why? Because I made a choice to come to an altar. God forgave me. The devil, he can't stop me from getting the Holy Ghost. You can't come to God. But on the other hand, if you let some bitter, bitter-spirited saint of God get a hold of you and get to influencing you, oh, come on, and the devil starts condemning you and you let him talk to you and you allow some evil spirit of hell to get a foothold in your heart and in your mind, you can walk away at will. You can be seated. No matter, how, no matter how much you've been forgiven of, no matter how long you've been in the church, no matter how many years you've been a tongue talker, no matter how much family you've got in the church, no matter how much you used to worship and shout up and down these aisles, you can still lay it all down and you can walk away and no one can stop you. The pastor can't stop you. Parents can't stop you. Family can't stop you. God won't even stop you. And this is what the prodigal did. He decided to walk away, and not even God tried to stop him. And when he walked away, you can search your Bible backwards and forwards. But the father never followed him out the door and said, I'm going to dog you all the way to the sin and the riotous living in the cities that you go to. The shepherd never went after, or the shepherd went after the lost sheep, but the father never attempted to track down the lost son. He never dialed his number. He never called him. He never chased him down. He never followed him from city to city in his riotous living. Why? Because you can't find a lost son. A lost son has to find himself. And that's exactly what eventually happened. The Bible says that when he got to that pigsty. And he had spent all that he had. And there was nothing more. There wasn't a penny more. And he gave himself to the men of that country to go out and to feed swine as a hireling. And you've got to imagine what this was for a Jew boy that had never been around swine and never had any association with hogs or pigs at all. And now he's feeding swine, that detestable animal, that thing that he had never eaten or never had anything to do with. And he's lying there in the muck and the mire. And the Bible said he got so hungry that he did feign for the husk that the swine did eat. And it's there that he began to ponder how good he used to have it. And he said, 
And the Bible makes this statement. It says, and he came to himself. He came to himself. And he said this. He said, I will arise. And I like the very next statement. And the scripture says, and he arose. We got a lot of folks in this generation that talk about what they're going to do for God. What I, one of these days I'm going to get in the church. One of these days I'm going to serve the Lord. One of these days you're going to see me, Pastor. I'm going to be down there on the front pew. One of these days I'm going to be a worshiper. One of these days I'm going to be a prayer. One of these days I'm going to get on fire for God. One of these days I am going to repent and turn my life around. But he didn't just talk about it. The scripture says that he did it. He didn't just say I'm going to rise. He's, he arose from where he was and began to take steps to get back to the Father's house. Come on, it's not enough just to talk about what you're going to do. It's not enough just to talk about how one of these days I'm going to serve God. One of these days I'm going to get on fire for God. One of these days I'm going to sell out. One of these days I'm really going to commit. One of these days in the in the near future, amen, because there'll always be a time to procrastinate. But what you need to do is get on your feet, sir, and start making your way back to the Father's house. Don't just talk about what you're going to do. Put some action behind your words and get to the presence of God. may not ever went out after him but we do have evidence that he was looking for his return he never left the porch but he set his gaze out down the driveway looking for the prodigal to come back home and the Bible says that he saw him while he was a great way off he was way on down the road, but he saw that familiar silhouette. Even though his clothes were tattered and torn, his hair was disheveled, he recognized him because the father knows his son. Once you're a son, you can never be a servant. Once you're a son, you can never be anything else. Uh, father knows his own, and he looked down there, and he saw the silhouette of that boy, and the father's response was this. The scripture says that he ran to him, and he fell on his neck, and he kissed him, and he said, I've been reserving my best robe for this day. I got shoes for his bare feet. I want you to put them on. Amen. I want you to give me his my signet and I'm going to place it on his finger. Amen. I, I've got a fatted calf that I want you to slay and we're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a party. Come on, this is the way that the church should be. When the prodigal returns, there ought to be a celebration. There needs to be a party. They may come in here smelling like the world and looking like God knows what, but when they come stumbling in this place, it's time to strike up the band. It's time to sing a revival song. It's time to say, let the blood work. Let the blood cleanse. Let mercy restore. Let grace do its final work. It's not over yet. My son a man that was dead is now alive. He's come back home. He's been restored to the father's house. A man. I wonder. I wonder how we treat prodigals when they come back. We going to look down our nose and judge them? Are we going to look down our nose and say I knew you'd come back? I'm kind of glad that you're beaten up. I'm glad that you got the scars and the dirt and the filth of the world on you. It just proves us right. Amen. No, no. 
We're not going to have some elder brother mentality, but we're going to join in the celebration because every one of us in this place have got family members that we want to come back. Everyone in this place, we've been praying for folks that they would finally come to themselves and make their way to an altar. Don't think I'm on judge when your boy comes back home. Don't think I'm on judge when your daughter comes back home. Don't think I'm going to look down my nose when your family member gets here because I've been praying for some myself. Amen. I've been believing for some myself. I've been trusting God for some myself. And when they get here, there's going to be dancing in our feet. Amen. There's going to be rejoicing in our hearts. There's going to be a song on our lips. They're alive again. They're alive again. The Spirit touched them and made them alive again. Somebody ought to rejoice right now in faith. Somebody ought to praise God right now in faith. Somebody ought to lift up their voice in faith. Oh, Holy Ghost. to tighten the vice you may be seated I'm fixing to get to you I've been talking about them but I'm going to talk about us now is that alright amen because preaching doesn't do much good if it's abstract preaching doesn't do much good if it's always about them what about us there's that third kind of lost and this kind of loss probably relates more to us than the other two because the sheep wandered away and the prodigal he walked away but the lost coin he never left at all but he was still lost the lost coin was lost the scripture says in the house didn't wander away didn't walk away but was in the house and was lost and this lost coin had value that could not be utilized and there's people in this place today you have value to the kingdom of God you have gifts you have talents you have strength you have calling you have anointing that's been forsaken and you're not being used because we can't get you plugged into ministry we can't get you involved in the work of God we can't get you in the evangelism program we can't plug you into Sunday school why? because we can't find you you're uninvolved where are you? You're under the stuff somewhere. You're hidden in the dust and the corners and the shadows of the church. You're always on the fringe. You're elusive. Amen. You're lost in the house. Sometimes the only way that you can find something that's lost in the house is to disrupt everything. Amen. You can't have pristine. Amen. Everything just in order. Everything in place. And find something that's lost in the house. You gotta disrupt things. You gotta move things around. You gotta push the, you gotta push the couch out of the way. You gotta, you gotta take the refrigerator out of its cubby hole. You, you gotta look behind the bed. Somebody's gotta get down on the hands and knees and, and look up underneath the furniture. You gotta take a broom and, and you gotta stir some dust up sometimes in order to find something that's 
lost. You gotta sometimes go to extraordinary and extreme efforts to search for it. Why? Because it's too valuable to stay lost. And when it's discovered, when you need something to get involved, amen, when you need something to be a part again, you can't have a casual, careless, complacent attitude and expect to find it because you are a coin that is meant to be spent in the kingdom of God. I'm going to stir up some dust this morning. I'm going to kick over some coffee tables. I'm going to move the sofa out of the way. I'm going to rearrange the chairs in the living room. I'm going to kick over your lazy boy. I'm going to move and rearrange some instruments in the kitchen and move out the appliances because I know you're here somewhere. You're in this place. you got talents. you got anointing. you got potential that needs to be utilized. But you're lost in the house. You're just as lost as the sheep. And you're just as lost as the prodigal that's in riotous living. You may be raising your hands. You may be singing the songs word by word. You may be humming the melody. You may be even coming down to the altar at the appropriate time. You may be faithful as a clock when it comes to the house of God. But you're lost in the house. I said you're lost in the house. She said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. This thing's too valuable. I know it's here. It's not out there. At least I know where it is. And I'm going to search for it. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to find this thing. I'm going to find this thing. Oh, because it has value. It can be spent in the kingdom. I know how I understood folks that had all these collector, maybe somebody, I don't mean to offend you, but if you, if you got these collector coins, I never have understood all that. And man, if that joker was able to be spent, I'm going to put it in, in into use. If it's currency, that means it, it's, it's able to be used. If it's got value, let's get it out there, friend. Hey, man, let's make sure nobody is, is uh, let's make sure nobody is uh, left out. Let's get everything involved. Uh, some people just uh, collect stuff. They got it pressed between special books and pages and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it can be utilized. It can be used. You know, kind of like collector cars. I mean, they got they got the ability to take you somewhere to transport you somewhere. There's some of them. They got powerful muscle cars and they sit in the garage. Amen. I mean, they got power. They got all this horsepower and they never utilize. When they do, they usually get it out and they just barely move the thing about 20 miles an hour and load it on a trailer and they trailer it a thousand miles across the country so they can get it 20 miles an hour in reverse and back it out there on some kind of car show and show everybody. And everybody can walk by and whistle and pet it and say, man, there's so much power here. There's so much, amen, to be utilized here, but it's never used. I don't want to be a showpiece, but spend me in the kingdom of God. Paul said, I want to be spent for the kingdom of God. I don't want to just be a collector coin, lost in the house, put on a back shelf somewhere, but utilize me in the kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you, we're, we're up against the rapture, folks. We're in the last of the last days. It's not time to, to be reserved. It's not time to hold back. It's not time just to be pretty. It's time to get involved in what God is doing. I gotta do. I'm gonna stir up as much as I gotta stir up. But I won't find it. 
The Bible said when the rapture takes place, one would be taken and the other left. You've read it. Two grinding at the mill, one taking the other left. Two working in the field, one taking the other left. Two asleep in bed, one taking the other left. Have you ever wondered about what that there could be two working in the field? And that there could be two asleep. And that there could be two grinding at the mill, one taking the other left. The possibility is there that with time, the way it is, in different parts of our globe, that there's going to be two sitting on the pew, and one's going to be taken, and the other's going to be left. Can you imagine being lost in the house? Can you imagine being lost 50 feet from an altar? Can you imagine losing out with God, being so close to the presence of the Lord? Listen, the Bible says he's coming back for those that are alive and remain. Somebody said, well, I'm still here. I've been remaining. I'm still part of the church. I'm faithful as clockwork. No, that's not all. He didn't just say he's coming back for those that remain. He said, I'm coming back for those that are alive and remain. Come on, if you ain't got any life in you, if you lost your fire, if you got about as much fizz as yesterday's Coca-Cola, you're not the one that he's coming back for, but he's coming back for those that still got the passion, that still got the joy, that still got the fire, that still got that excitement, uh, that is still, uh, amen, remaining, uh, amen, alive for God, uh, that is still praying, uh, that is still worshiping, that is still coming to church uh, with a song on their heart. Amen. Still coming to the house of God and willing to put the cares of life aside and say, God, you're too good for me just to sit here in the pew. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. He's coming back for those that are alive and remain. I'll tell you something else. It's not enough just to know the truth. There's a lot of folks that know the truth is going to be lost. The Bible said you've got to love the truth. Galatians 5, 7 is probably one of the most haunting verses of Scripture in the entire Bible to me because it sums up the shattered state of faith of those that could have been. The scripture simply says you run well. What did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? You ran well. You started out good. I don't want to sound like that because it suggests that there was a time that I was on fire for God. It suggests that there was a time that I was sold out. It suggests that there was a time that I was totally committed and I was excited and I was enthusiastic. Once I was eager to lift my hands in worship. Once I was hungry for God. And once I loved to come to the house of God. And once I had a passion for prayer. That was then, and this is now. I did run well, but something distracted me. Something hindered me. I don't want my past to be greater than my future. I got to finish stronger than when I started. I challenge you, please don't be among the biography of lost love, of lost faith of lost desire, of lost burden, of lost passion. You've got to make up your mind. 
I'm not just going to start out fired up and end up cold and indifferent and uncaring and bitter and unconcerned and uninvolved. But if I've ever been excited, I'm going to be now. If I've ever been on fire for God, I'm going to be now. If I've ever been committed, I'm going to be now. Come on, I knew the vice was going to get tight. I knew the amens were going to subside. But I feel so strong about this because there's some of you, I'm seeing your love for God wane. I'm seeing your desire for God diminish. I'm seeing that you're not on the increase, but rather you're on the decrease. I'm seeing your fervency. It's not what it was just a few months ago. Your hunger for God maybe is not what it was a year ago. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's not the will of God. The Bible tells me that we're to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. This thing isn't supposed to diminish at all. It's supposed to increase. It's supposed to get greater. As every day goes by, it's supposed to be sweeter. It's supposed to be more wonderful. Amen. If you're not closer to God than you once was, I'm telling you, you've tripped up somewhere along the way because you're never going to access all that there is to access in God. You're never going to receive all that there is to receive in God. You're never going to be able to obtain everything that there is to obtain in the way of blessing from God. There's more for you. My Bible says that he is an exceeding great God that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I ask or think. He doesn't stop pouring it out if I'm hungry for it. If I got capacity to receive it, he'll keep pouring it out upon me. Just slip up your hands to God right now. Would you talk to him? Come on. That's exactly what I'm talking about right now. Where's the passion at? Where's the hunger at? Where's the fervent cry at? Where's the desperation at? Where's the thirst at? Where's somebody that'll cry out to God unashamed? there's this other son his story is quite different than the first boy he didn't make a commitment at first he didn't start out too well at all in fact when the father asked him if he'd go to the vineyard and work he said I'll not do it I will not go it was a flat reply it was just a, a response it was off the cuff I have no interest and Jesus places this man in the category of publicans and harlots an unsavory group of people that had stumbling starts and shameful beginnings. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 talks about rough starts. It says, no, you're not. That the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And before you get all judgmental, and before you say, yeah, I didn't, I haven't participated in that, he goes on and he says, and such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, 
they are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. Such were some of you. You didn't start out so good. You didn't have a. You didn't get out of the block so fast. You, you didn't. You didn't start the race. The first lap wasn't something so notable. It wasn't. Wasn't something to write home about. Amen. But but the end. The end. If I can make the end good. If, if I. I mean, I started well. I mean, life may not have went like I wanted it to. I, I may. Have, I may have wasted so many years of my life trying to get things started. But I made up my mind. I finally got to the right place, and God was merciful enough and he filled me with the Holy Ghost he extended his mercy to me I mean I started well but one thing's for certain I'm going to end well amen I am going to end up saved I'm not going to be lost I'm not going to lose out here at the end I am I may have had some stumblings along the way I may have got tripped up and distracted along the way I may have backslid somewhere along the way but I want you to notice devil I'm back I'm back in the house of God I'm back in the church I'm back where I need to be. I'm loving Jesus. I'm worshiping God. I'm faithful to Him. I'm sold out and committed. I'm here. And I want you to understand one thing, devil. I'm here to stay. You're not going to pull me out again. You're not going to mess me up again. I got back and I got back to stay. Would you stand to your feet with me? Talk to somebody. You didn't start well. But I'm telling you, the end is not yet. Brother Terry used to have a saying, I think I preached about it one time. When it looked like somebody was doing good, but maybe, maybe there was some kind of discrepancy with their character what they believe, their doctrine, whatever. He would say, but the end is not yet. Give them some time. And then when there's somebody was stumbling, and maybe they got off to a rough start, but they had a lot of grit and they had a lot of desire and had a lot of passion. And people would discount them and say, you know what, they've made so many blemishes on their life and they're scarred up so bad they're never going to make it. You come back and say the same statement. He said, but the end is not yet. How come tell somebody the end is not yet? I said, you can write the concluding chapter of this story this morning. You don't have to die out and give up. You don't have to, you don't have to accept your failings and flaws as the final chapter of the story. You can get forgiveness. You can come to an altar. You can get the blood to cover it. I said, you can be cleansed of it. You can overcome. I said, you can get the Holy Ghost again. You can be renewed. You can be refreshed and restored. Napoleon said of those Englishmen, he said, you know what the tough thing is about those Englishmen? He said, the toughest thing is this, is they just don't know when they've been beaten. They just don't know when they've been defeated. I'm going to tell you, that's the way you got to get in your relationship with God is I, I'm not going to accept defeat. I'm not going to accept that I've been beaten. I can get back to an altar. I can get it right. 
If I can get back to an altar, I can pray through again. If I can get back to an altar, I can start all over. If I can get back to an altar, I can be born all over again. If I can get back to an altar, I can get a new beginning. I'm telling somebody today, it's not over. I said it's not, it's late, but it's not over. And the time's running out, but it's not over. Amen. You can get back to God. You can find your place. Start over. hope in this house as they begin to play softly I wonder if you wouldn't lift up your hands to the Lord again right now and let's pray together let's pray together let's pray together had a lot of stumbling starts God shameful regrettable beginnings but God I need I need your help I need your mercy I need your grace I need you to help me one more time come on the shepherd's here this morning he's seeking I said he's seeking amen like that little lady with that broom the spirit sweeping sweeping the house searching looking for someone someone that maybe nobody else knows it's possible to be backslidden everybody think you're saved it's possible to be cold in the Lord and everybody else think that you're fine it's possible to have left your first love and only you and the Lord know it but I'm telling you you're going to feel the brush of a broom nearby God's rearranging some things and moving some things because he don't want you to be lost you don't have to finish weak you don't have to just struggle to get across the line you can actually be stronger than when you started. Would you like to come? Would you like to pray? Come on, I'm making an appeal. I'm making an appeal to lost sheep that want to be found. I'm making an appeal to prodigals. We got the celebration set. The calf's in the stall. The robe is hanging in the closet. The shoes are ready to be placed on your feet. I'm preaching to the lost coin. We're not going to give up because we know where you are. We're going to keep searching till we find you because we know what value you have to the kingdom of God. We can't give up easy because we know that you bear king's inscription on you. You've once been in the king's hand. You once again can be spent for the kingdom of God if you could only be found this morning. Come on, church, help me pray. Help me pray. Everybody, let's pray. Let's find God. 
Let's search out the things of the Spirit this morning. Let's don't be so concerned about other things that we cannot push just a little bit here. Come on, God's reaching for some lost folks. Lost folks. God's wanting to renew some people today. Refresh some people today. Come on, let's sing right now. Would you lift up your voice to Him, church? Come on, would you pray? Come on, reach out to him. Talk to him. Yes, he's here. He's available. Praise God. Thank you. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. Oh, 
I'm going to push us just a little bit here this morning. If you're not praying, why don't you find somebody to pray with? Come on, I, I feel like God's talking to some people's hearts. Oh, God's speaking to some people this morning. Oh, yes, there's some folks praying here this morning. Let's pray with them. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. I can't afford to be lost. I've come way too far to start being deceived and distracted and miss it now. Oh, God, I've come too far to miss out at the last. Oh, God, help me today. Help me today. Come on, some of you. Speak to me. You're feeling old feelings arise in your spirit. You need to pray them back down. You need to pray them through. You're feeling some old spirits trying to arise again. You need to pray until you break those things down again. Old attitudes, old addictions, old habits. Devil, you're not getting back. You're not getting back a foothold. No, no. I'm praying through this thing. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve the Lord. I refuse to be lost. I'm committed. My mind is made up. I've decided to make Oh, I've consecrated myself. I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. Oh, no, 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 no. Speak to me. By the grace of God, I'm going to finish stronger than I started. the Lord again. Would you do so? Lift up your voice to him. Let's talk to him right now. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I need you, Lamb of God. I need you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 You're so beautiful. Hallelujah, Lord. I praise your name. 